0: good to have you back the bill michaels show we continue on hey if you're looking for a place to go watch uh, the monday night games i say plural because there's two of them tonight uh curly's waterfront sports bar and grill right there on pewaukee lake good place to go good people over there home of the pig porker sandwich and they're always doing something uh, charitable uh which is great and uh, thanks to uh ryan and his staff for being such good people and being a part of the program for a long time now for uh, more than a few years and uh, we've always tried to support everything that they do and get it out there and post it and make a note of it but uh, good stuff going on at curly's waterfront sports bar and grill on lakeview boulevard over there on Pewaukee Lake. And it's still not too late to sit out on the deck and watch some of the boats go by as I know it's getting a little bit cooler outside, but still got some time. You might as well take advantage of it while you can, right? No doubt. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's get back at it. And uh, we got Tony back in Sussex on hold. Tony, how you doing today, man? What's up?
1: Tony dropped two seconds before Tony he went dropped. To a... I don't know Tony. if it's
0: reception or what Tony's got going ah, on. I'm sorry about that. Man, Bill. oh, man. That's okay. Uh, let's go to John listening to us in Madison. John, how you doing today, bud? What's up?
2: Bill, love the show. Love an overreaction Monday. It's just great to have football back like this. Leaves are changing, and uh, now we get to yell at each other about our Packers takes after a, a week-two loss on the road against a potential playoff team. So, couldn't be better. Um, I think your guest kind of nailed it. I wanted to push back on something that you said earlier in the show uh about this defense being aggressive. And rewatching lots of the game last night and this morning, I think the problem might have actually been that in the running game specifically, this defense was actually a little over aggressive. And what I mean by that is exactly what your guest said when you have Rashawn Gary crashing down overly hard, totally ignoring the quarterback as a run option. Um not staying home, not staying in their lanes. Everybody's trying to do a little bit too much. Everybody's trying to make the big play. That's how running game defense, that's how you give up gashes, right? Everybody's kind of overextending. Number of plays where, whether it was Walker, whether it was Gary, whether it was one of the other D linemen, they get immediately into the backfield, and then they realize, crap, that's exactly what Atlanta wanted. Now they're running a trap, and now it's well blocked behind, and now it's an eight-yard run instead of, you know, a two- or three-yard run when you stay home in your lane. So after re-watching on the run game specifically, I think the defense was a little aggressive. I know I called in after the game Sunday and pushed back hard and wanted to defend this defense. But, you know, in terms of the coach versus players, who's at fault, who are we pointing blame to, I got to stand up for the defensive coordinator a little bit. There are a lot of players in position to make plays. Whether it was not knocking down a pass, whether it was dropping an interception, whether it was lit the tackle slip because you're trying to grab a uh, running back around the shoulders, it just felt like our defense was in a position to make a lot of plays. Didn't seem to work out. So
0: yeah, uh, Solid, I appreciate it. No, appreciate it. We, you know, we kind of talked about that and said, look, uh, you know, you play soft, you live death by a thousand cuts. F- philosophically speaking, that's not what you want to do. That I agree with. Uh, but what you just said playing aggressive, going back to what Eric Baranchuk said where Rashawn Gary crashing down instead of staying at home and setting the edge, allowed Ritter to run into the end zone for the touchdown. You know, things like that, that'll get you beat. And that's where, as a coordinator now, today is the day you're looking at film and you're going, dude, you know, you can't grab a guy like B. John Robinson around the shoulder pads. You can't crash when you got to set the edge. Yes, we love you guys to be aggressive and energetic, but when you're starting to get burned because of it and it's hurting the team because of it, you can't do it. You had these are learning lessons, you know, and I get it. Guys want to make plays. I, I you can't take that away from them, but you also have to play smart football, and you have to play fundamentally sounder football, and they didn't do that. And whether it's, I mean, you look at what what Atlanta did. Now I don't. I'm not a really big halftime adjustments guy, but they came out and kind of took it to the Packers in the second half of that game, specifically in the fourth quarter. And what I look at is what the packers did in the first and second quarter even partially the third quarter is what set up the fourth quarter is what set up to be gashed and run on and you're instead of getting your shoulder in there and getting into the hole you're reaching and you're grabbing and you're you're you know because you just you're losing a little bit of that steam a little bit of that gas is out of the tank now because you've been on the field so damn long going back to the first three quarters so to me i i i agree with you and that's why i said Last night it was the uh, attack Joe Barry. Today it's like, nah, there, there was enough to go around. If people can put it solely on Joe Barry in the defense. That's fine because he becomes the easy target because it was the defense that gave up that last drive. But, no, nah, you can look at a lot of different decisions and say that that game could have been put away much earlier had any one of those plays. Jair made the play. Quay Walker made the play. They uh, They picked up the third and a half yard and made that play the uh, the ch- the choice to kick the field goal or not kick the field goal the the stupid penalty uh, to take on the uh, on the delay of game early on in that contest I mean th- that's five things I just labeled off right there that had any of those changed chances are they win the game and it was a myriad of mistakes so I completely understand it completely understand it eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy hit us up let's go to Larry listening to us in Eau Claire Larry how you doing today bud yeah, I'm
3: all right. You know, it's a young team. They're making mistakes. But I I very rarely defend this guy. But I thought Barry's defense was pretty good. The problem with it is that it is a bend, no break. And then when your opportunities come, you're supposed to take them. Jair Alexander and Walker, no ITs. One should have been for a touchdown. Those are the back breakers. That You just... Come on, guys. You guys are professionals. You got to be able to catch Doug on ball when they're wide open. would What would we do if Watson dropped it or Dobbs dropped it? We'd be all yeah. over those guys for for passes like that. This is their job. Alexander, I know he's one of your favorites, and and he does a good job defensively, but I see him drop a ball it seems like about every other game and uh, let's get on it you know those are major major mistakes and so Barry's defense of of play soft and wait for mistakes it worked we just didn't do anything with the mistakes you know that's my opinion of it and love my my son and I get into this he just thinks love is going to be now this guy is passing for what did he pass for? 169 yards or something like that. What was it to
0: that game? Uh, yesterday, game. when it came to passing the football, oh, yeah, it was like 151 yards.
3: Yeah, and, and and when it comes down to crunch time, he can't throw completion. Goodness right. you should be able you should be able to get 50 percent of your passes easily when you're passing, you know, less than 10 yards. Yeah. Normally, just he just doesn't do it. He just wasn't accurate run. yesterday.
0: I completely agree. Appreciate the phone call. When you look at his completion percentage, fourteen of twenty five, one hundred and fifty one yards, still had three touchdowns. It's good numbers across the board because of the touchdowns with a one thirteen quarterback rating. But yeah, it's uh, you. You gotta complete more than. What was it 56% of your passes? You'd like to see that be like 19 of 25. If it's 19 to 25 for 170 something yards, and you're more assured, especially driving the ball down the field late in the ball game, then you feel a little bit better about that. But no, I I completely agree. It's you got to be more accurate, and you know it, it's it it'll come. That I some of that stuff you can kind of live with. It was the it was the mistakes. It was the delay of game penalty, uh, not making the right call on that fourth down, and falling forward like a. You know, a stumbling drunk uh, trying to get the uh, the the quarterback sneak and not sending him to the line of scrimmage with a play, an either or type of thing, and you know it just and, and dropping uh, you know sure interceptions and such it, it that kind of stuff. If any one of those hit, the, this team's talking about a different outcome. They're coming back home at two and zero, and somewhat surprising people. You know, now here's the perspective side of things we've been talking about today. The Packers, we kind of thought would come back at one and one, right? We thought, ah, eh, you know, you come back home at one and one, man, that's really good. For for, you know, Jordan Love getting his first start, his under center, and this and that. And, you know, we kind of kind of questioned, raised an eyebrow, maybe possibly losing in Chicago, the rivalry and such. And instead, they they battled with the Bears and beat the Bears, and then they had a battle yesterday and they should have won that game. But instead of coming back, you're coming back with what you thought they would be. However, you know they could be 2-0. You know they should be 2-0. And that's what's painful. That's what makes you so mad is you had the lead. You had a 12-point lead late in the ballgame, and you pissed it away. And you had the lead, and you watched the defense again give it up. And that's where the ire of Joe Barry starts to come in. The ire for the play calling starts to come in. That's when you th- you're like you let this game slip through your fingers. Every fan could see it. Every fan understands it. Every we're all passionate. Sometimes we're over the top and crazy in a goofy way. But everybody knows you could have won this game, and it, it wasn't anything unbelievably dynamic that the Atlanta Falcons did. You couldn't stop the run, and you made mistakes. That was it. Nothing more. And and that's why people are so frustrated because you had an opportunity and you let it slip through your fingers. That's part of it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, Todd says, I sat back yesterday, had a bourbon, and wanted to drown my sorrows. Uh, by the way, great job on the stage uh, at Bonnie and Clyde's Gangsters Park. What a fun time. Never been there before. Went there because I saw the advertisements and I really enjoyed myself. Great weekend. I agree with you. The weather up in Tomahawk was fantastic. Well, the weather was good. The, uh, what was it? Saturday. Uh, not Saturday. Uh, Friday. Friday it rained. It kind of drizzled, started at about eleven in the morning, rained to like four or five, and then after that was pretty cool. Uh, and we had a great time. It was just a really nice time. But thank you so much. Thanks so much because uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, always, I love going to the Northwoods. Just love it. Uh, love going to Tomahawk. I thought the Chamber of Commerce did a terrific job. Uh, I think this year it was in, it was a joy to watch the parade. Uh, yes, for everybody that was asking me, they did move the uh, the Essers the port johns if you will, out of the way of the Tomahawk sign. And that beautiful, beautiful mural that they have painted up there was not cluttered by having port johns in front of it. It was awesome. And I've got ideas. I mean, they could put red carpets in front of it and let people drive up on their motorcycles and get pictures taken in front of it and let that money be donated to charity in some way, shape, or form or for the chamber or whatever. But, uh, man, there's so many things that they could do. But just such a great town. And such a great place. Had a a blast up north. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. Peter Bukowski of the Hooked on Packers, Locked on Packers podcast when we come back. And uh, we'll talk with him. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to paysbig.com. That's paysbig.com. They have the beautiful sports book that they're building, they have a temporary one in place. You've got the new restaurants, the rock and brews. You've got the 360 bar if you just want to go have yourself a beverage, and then all the slots and the game tables and the bingo is back and just keeps getting bigger and bigger and better and better. Down there at Potawatomi Hotel Casino, Milwaukee. Go to paysbig.com. That is paysbig.com. Peter Bukowski, locked on Packers Podcast. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. No better place in the state of Wisconsin when you're out on the road and heading over to your local Quick Trip. I'll tell you that right now. Love that place. Uh, everything I wanted the entire weekend they had. Whether it was grabbing a breakfast sandwich or a take-home meal or the beer cave or a little bit of milk and bread and some of the snacks. and so, I mean, it was, you could have you done all your grocery shopping right there at Quick Trip. Not to mention the fact that I filled up the motorcycle and the, uh, and the truck. Uh, at Quick Trip, just I love that place. Uh, you put in your Quick Rewards card, and you just never know at what point in time you're going to get that little reward back. And it's so satisfying and so pleasing. You cannot do better than our friends at Quick Trip. And uh, don't forget, every time you're there, use your Quick Rewards card. Great stuff from our friends at Quick Trip. Uh, bring them in now. Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Packers podcast, co-founder of The Leap. Uh Pete uh let me ask you this first and foremost. Um for all the ire that is now right now with the crosshairs squarely on Joe Barry, is it deserved? <sighs> I, I think I, I
4: I think it is deserved that some ire is directed at Joe Barry. Um I don't think the level of ire um is is worthy of what is happening and and i think if you if you go back and watch and i've 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 been saying this for really for two years if you go back and watch there's a lot of stuff where the packers it it just can't happen for nfl players like it's simple it's simple coverages it's simple concepts it's just make a tackle you're in position to make it's stuff that joe berry can't do joe berry cannot make the play for you quay walker i was just i'm posting this clip on twitter makes this great play he splits two guys sort of covers both Ritter throws to one of them and he makes an incredible click and close play to contest the throw dives in front of the pass I still don't know how he didn't hit the ball but it just misses him Johnny Smith makes the catch it was just sort of that kind of day but it's not all on on Joe Barry this is it's the players they have to do this you can't lose B. John Robinson when all he does is wheel out of the backfield like Arthur Smith did some interesting things to try and confuse the Packers and he did it. And on some level that is on coaching, but at a certain point, if you're just going to play quarters, you have to trust guys like Russell Douglas can make those sorts of plays and not blow them. And I think what was, what has happened here, Bill is over the last few years, the Packers have played to their level of their quarterbacks. Like we've seen some of the best games that they played against guys like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, and, and against the Desmond Ritters of the world and the Baker Mayfields of the world, they made them look like better quarterbacks than they are. I think some of that is attitude. I think some of that is approach. But they didn't do that against Justin Fields. Like they beat the crap out of the Bears last week. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't quite understand this this week. Other than to say I think I think the Falcons got got kind of lucky, frankly. Um, and I just don't think it's a sustainable way to beat this team. You're not gonna you're not gonna give up 211 yards rushing every week.
0: You would hope not, but they were also relatively dreadful against the run last year, which, which was yep. something that we thought with Devontae <laughs> Wyatt up front and T.J. Slayton up front. Uh, the one thing that drives me nuts is when you're getting gashed and you're playing nickel and you're pulling a defensive lineman out, uh, off the field, and you're running Devontae Wyatt out between the, uh, the the you know the outside gaps, so to speak. The same thing with Kenny Clark, and you're leaving the middle wide open and expecting the linebackers to clean it up, who have not traditionally been good run-stuffing linebackers and you, and then you're throwing your hands up, going, "I can't believe we gave up 211 yards rushing." You know what I mean?
4: <laughs> Absolutely. And and there was there was one play. Um, I, I, it was a, either a third and short or a fourth and short. And and the Falcons come out with three tight ends on the field, thirteen personnel. The Packers match with nickel personnel. Why? Why? This is heavy, heavy offensive personnel. Three tight ends screams. We want to run the ball. And I understand with two tight ends on the field with Atlanta. Like Kyle Pitts is a big receiver, so I understand wanting to match him. You're more worried about Kyle Pitts beating you in coverage, beating a linebacker or a safety than you are with him blocking a DB and springing a big run. Like you're just not worried about that. But when right. they come out in 13 personnel with three tight ends, how do you not have the extra defensive lineman on the field? How do you not have – they experimented with it a little bit, the extra linebacker. Okay, you don't want to, it, you, don't, you don't want to have the extra defensive lineman. Okay, I get it. Then put Isaiah McDuffie on the field. Let's see what that looks like. Um, and it, it is just I don't understand some of the approaches. Those are things where you go, okay, that is a Joe Barry problem. Like, that's not a player's problem. These the, the players in that situation were just set up to fail. And so those kinds of things, like we're talking about year three now with Joe Barry, and this stuff is still happening. I just don't know how, why you would expect it to change at this point.
0: The, uh, the offense, give me your impression uh, of what you saw yesterday. I thought it was good. I thought there were some misses. I know early on they didn't really, other than the pass interference penalty, they didn't put up a ton of yardage. But then they seemed to get into a little bit of a rhythm, and then all of a sudden that rhythm was gone come fourth quarter. Yeah,
4: and, you know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to really understand what happened because I don't think the structure of the offense changed very much. Like, I, if, you, if you go back and watch those drives, the, the last drive – you're playing from behind. So it's just a different set of circumstances. The Packers played the whole game with the lead. And and two of those three, four-quarter possessions, they still had the lead. If, if The, the second-to-last possession is the one that I think is the absolute backbreaker for the Packers because on first down, you get five yard five yards on a run by A.J. Dillon. And you're thinking second and five, there's seven minutes left. This is one of those. You get in your seven-minute like, – it's called the seven-minute offense. You have a four-minute offense and two minutes, all that stuff. But this is when you sit on the ball. This is, what you, this is what you draft a 250-pound hammer in the second round to do. It's why you hire Matt LaFleur and have everything be based on the run game, he says. This is the moment. And then you get a four-yard run on second and five. You're great. You're golden. You should win this game. It's third and one with six and a half minutes left. You've got to win that game. And they have two chances. And the first one, A.J. Dillon trips over himself. It's poorly blocked up because you've got two backups. A backup left guard and a backup left tackle. I don't know why the call was to run to that side. That's a different issue. And then on fourth down, why get Q? I don't understand that. Like, why are we getting Q here? Don't – the the offside thing, they played disciplined all game on the hard count. Atlanta never even gave a hint that they would jump offside in that scenario. If you're Mm going to run a play and you want to run the sneak, just run the play, Bill. Just go up there and run a play. Why do you have to get fancy? Just run the tush-push QB sneak that they ran last week against the Bears. Just run the play, get the first down, and get moving.
0: Right. No, I, I, I that I agree with, too. Now, the next question becomes, and I know you probably heard the post-game presser, very contentious back and forth between the media and Matt LaFleur, who does not want to talk about David Bakhtiari, which was a mystery uh, scratch come game time. Uh, I know the prevailing thought is that after a week of complaining about turf that he did not want to play on the turf. But if that's the case, that becomes a concerning issue in Green Bay as well, doesn't it?
4: Well, there's there's two reasons why it does. and And the first is, in the immediate term, you're setting a precedent with a very young locker room that – at a certain point in your career, you get to dictate terms to the team. And, and, and all of this is predicated on the idea that he did, in fact, just say, I don't want to play on turf. We don't know Correct. for sure at the moment that that's what's going on, but let's just operate under that assumption for the moment. If that's the case, you're setting a really bad precedent in that locker room with a lot of impressionable young players. Like, this is the, the NFL's version of load management, where you're just going to say, I'm just not going to play on turf. I don't feel comfortable playing on turf. Whatever the issue is, I'm not practicing, by the way. What does he practice? one day? Since, right. since the Packers have been in season, um, this is a bad precedent to set. You do it because David Bakhtiari, when he's on the field, is one of the best three left tackles in football, and having 12 games of David Bakhtiari is probably better than whatever alternative the Packers have currently. The second part of this, though, is you think long-term, David Bakhtiari's on the books for $40 million on the cap next season. You just can't do this. Cannot have this. It cannot be a thing. And so, that, that in a lot of ways, it was good to see Rasheed Walker yesterday get some run I don't think he played well enough for you to go okay trade David Bakhtiari at the trade deadline for whatever you can get I don't think that's where we are but there's there could be more potential opportunities to see someone like Rashid Walker or even Yash Nyman who was part of that rotation this is problematic both short-term and long-term for the Packers and you know you can see the frustration on Matt LaFleur's face like I want to play poker with everyone in that Packers organization Matt LaFleur no po- poker face Mark Murphy no poker face they they will tell you exactly what's on their mind, and now the floor has been frustrated about this. You can tell going back to training camp, 2021, not even 2022. This is two years of this, and you could tell after the game he didn't want to talk about it because he's he's frustrated with the situation
2: too.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I. Uh... I, I understand his level of frustration, and uh, I, I agree with you in the sense of this is setting a very bad precedent, which is why it's kind of like you're looking at this primrose path going, man, you just can't go down this. You can't allow this to happen. Now, we know that he's got money on the books for next year, and most likely David Bakhtiari is not going to be here, and he probably knows that too, which is probably – I'm not saying he's checked out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that's probably why he's saying, hey, I've, I've got another another contract left in me, and I don't want to screw it up by playing on turf for a team that I don't think is going to win a championship to begin with, which, uh, you know, it doesn't sit well with a lot of people. But we'll wait and see what the answer is because last week he proclaimed himself healthy and said, see, I told you so. I don't need to practice. I'm good. Just keep me ready for game day. And then all of a sudden this week is inactive and he can't play mysteriously. You know what I mean? It just, it's it's a bad look for the Packers, and it's a bad look for him.
4: It, it is, and, and I think when, when people thought, okay, uh, Aaron Rodgers out the door, that the team was done acquiescing to superstar players that they were done in these situations saying, yeah, just do whatever you want. Whatever feels right for you. It's fine with us. And, you know, here they go down that path again. And it does, it does make me wonder um, if, if David Boxiari is going to make it through the entire season on this team, that if at some point they just go, you know what? Yes, it would be better to have David Boxiari on the field than not. But at a certain point, I mean, this is why Josh Sitton, Got traded, um, or got cut. When he did, is Ted Thompson was just like, "We're not, we're not, do- we're not doing this anymore. We're not dealing with this in the locker room anymore." Now we don't know that he's a distraction or anything like that, but it could just be there's an organizational decision where it's like we we have set these bad precedents, and it's time to just move forward with all the young guys. He's really he's the oldest guy on the team, um, and so that's that, that is not out of the realm of possibility to me.
0: Yeah, uh, 100%. Hey, before I let you go, I want to ask you about uh, the special teams. I cannot fathom for the life of me why they wouldn't kick a 56-yard field goal after a 52-yarder, split the uprights, and went three-quarters of the way up the net in Chicago. That I don't understand (laughs) It would have
4: been been good from 70. Well, and don't forget, Bill, that first field goal you're talking about in Chicago, they let 30 seconds run off the clock before they decided to kick it. That was an absolute botch job on the operation. They could have run two or three more plays, gotten a chance to throw one in the end zone, gotten a chance to get a lot closer to make that field goal a lot closer. And it was like Matt LaFleur and Rick Passaccia, who, by the way, got promoted to assistant coach, assistant head coach this year for for exactly these moments. They screwed that up. And then in this one, Mm -hmm. it'd be one thing if you weren't going to kick the 51-yarder. Like if this is Mason, maybe you're just not going to kick the 51-yarder either and you're going to punt. But if you're going to kick the 51-yarder, first of all, please, for the love of God, get lined up. Like that was, they couldn't, they got the, it was a 56 yarder instead of a 51 yarder because they couldn't get lined up in time Mm -hmm. to snap the ball. Like this, this is, this is high school stuff. And that's just, it's just that, that stuff cannot happen. It is, it is crazy to think that through two games, you feel more confident in Jordan Love and Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave than you do in Joe Barry and Darnell Savage and, and some of these other players to, to that you thought, okay, we know what this is and Matt LaFleur, even Rich Basaccia. and yet those are the times that you're making mistakes. That, that kind of stuff, that can't be what sinks this team this year. It just
0: can't be. Completely agree. Good stuff, Peter, as always, and we will talk again real soon, okay? Thanks, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Packers podcast and a co-founder of The Leap. You can find him at Peter underscore Bukowski. Uh, over on uh, Twitter as well, and uh, as like he said, there's just certain things you you can't you can't ignore and you can't explain away. You just it, the, there's just some mistakes and some things that were bad, and and this is the reason when we talk about a perspective Monday yesterday, it was all about giving up the uh, giving up the, the the drive, defensively speaking. Here we go again, Joe Barry defense, Joe 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 Joe. And as we, we, you know, we talked to Eric Brancic, we talked to Peter Bukowski, we talked to these guys and you say, hey, look, you know, players were in position at times to make plays. It wasn't just the play calling. It was guys just got overaggressive. Guys just missed. We talked about Rashawn Gary not setting the edge. You talk about, you know, a guy like Rasul Douglas not being able to bring a ball carrier down. Quay Walker, even though he had 17 tackles, trying to grab Bijan Robinson up around the shoulder pads and an arm tackle just isn't going to cut it. Some of these guys just not making the plays. Also not coming down with the football. Jair Alexander, Quay Walker. I mean, when you talk about dropped pass interceptions where that could have changed the outcome of a game, you have to take advantage of those particular situations. So uh, a lot of stuff to kind of chew on. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, feel free to go ahead and do so. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. And I saw over the weekend, they were out and about uh, doing the vendor thing at a couple of different uh, events, and uh, you're—it's first of all when you're talking about tailgating, you always need barbecue sauce or hot sauce or a good rub, what have you. So burnpitbbq.com is the place to go, or if you're going to just do it at home and you're going to make up something like wings or ribs or steaks, whatever it happens to be, as you sit down and get ready. If you're not going to the game, you're not going to do tailgating. Tailgate at home make burn pit barbecue sauce and all their sauces and rubs a part of your uh, home tailgate as well go to burnpitbbq.com based in Wisconsin veteran owned make sure you tell them where you found it right here burnpitbbq. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network Have
2: you
0: blew Ian Rapaport uh, the NFL Network blew, talking about Elton Jenkins saying that he uh, got word that it was an MCL sprain and nothing uh, overly detrimental they were going to do an MRI today on Elton Jenkins' knee so hopefully uh, it is a sprain uh, because the the you know the the worst news could be a uh, a tear or You know, God forbid uh, anything even further beyond that. So if that's the case, uh, I'll take it. You know, if he has to miss a game or two rather than losing him and Bakhtiari in the left side of that offensive line for an extended period of time. That was um, the play
1: that A.J. Dillon ran into Elton Jenkins' backside, I believe. Right. Now, they didn't come out and say which play that it happened on, but based on when he left the game and how that play happened, that's I think it's fair to assume.
0: Uh, if, if and now an MCL sprain, I mean, you can, you can play with, um, relatively quick with Elton Jenkins and having a knee issue already. Uh, they'll probably, you know, probably at least a couple weeks, if not, you know, three, four games. But, uh, I, I, my guess is get him through the bye week because they got what I, I guess after Sunday's game against new Orleans, they don't play another Sunday game until like October 22nd, something like that. It's like a month before, like three, four weeks before they play another Sunday game because they've got a Thursday night game coming up next week. And then, so they don't play on that Sunday. Then the next game is a bye week or a Monday night game. I can't remember. But then you got the bye thrown in there right after that. And then they finally get back at it on October 22nd, which is the, uh, um the next sunday home game or the next sunday game that they will play but yeah it's uh you know after this sunday man they, they they don't have many sundays and i guess at this point in time with things getting a little bit not like last year but a little bit nicked up on the offensive line the bye probably comes at a really good time if you try to get guys through that but yeah it's uh it wasn't uh wasn't the best of situations yesterday. And you still don't know about David Bakhtiari, which I'm sure is something that Matt LaFleur is going to try to address today. And uh and then if not, we're gonna wait and see what happens on Wednesday when the locker room is open. And Bakhtiari I'm certain is going to have, you know, reporters looking for him to talk a little bit about this. You know, so we'll 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 see what his statement happens to be at that particular point in time. Or if it is just a knee issue. And if that's the case, then how do you go from being completely healthy and finger-wagging, I told you so, to suddenly out and not practicing? So I I, I don't, I don't, I don't, there, there's a lot of things going on there right now. <laughs> uh 867 If you want to find us, please feel free. Uh, give us a, uh, give us a shout. Um, The uh, Scott says all hands on decks the next two games, Uh, two games in four and a half, five days, Uh, two very winnable games at home as well. Yeah, um, you know, it's going to be both games are going to be there is no easy winnable games. There's winnable games that, yes, if you play perfect football or play really good football, you can win those games. But um, after watching them. Make enough mistakes yesterday and leave enough football on the field yesterday that they could have won that game and didn't. It makes every game a very tough game, you know? Uh, Randy says, We all know that Bakhtiari is going to say something other than the truth about why he missed. We are going to hear that he was dealing with soreness or something. Um, completely, uh, I would agree with that. I'll go along with that. Um, Let's go to Bruce listening to us in Madison. Bruce, how are you doing today? Is he there? Bruce there?
5: Hey, Bill.
3: Bruce,
0: what's hey, up? Yeah, Good.
5: Hi, how, how are you, man? It's been a long time. I'm doing great. Um, let's put the positive spin on this right away uh, before I really kind of lay into Joe Barry and some other issues with the team that we all have you've discussed. Um, hey, they're one and one. The rest of the division lost. They're tied for first place in the North. Vikings are owing to or who I'd rather see lose than anyone. So we're we're not setting so bad. There's the NFL's about parity these days. Um, Jordan Jordan Love played well enough to win. I, I wish that they could have. coaching. Coaching. You know, you mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would say that not going for that field goal. You wanna build your kicker up, you want this guy to get confidence, give it to him in a situation that isn't uh putting the game on the line. And at that right. point of the game, there was nothing going on that he shouldn't have given that kicker an opportunity. I was at the last preseason game. He kicked that ball into the wind, and it would have been good from 67 yards. It was just amazing what this the the leg. They got a good right. punter. This punter is really doing a good job. The fact that they couldn't cover, um, you know, that's still something they need to work on. Biggest issue is joe barry and not being able to coach these players up how many times are they going to allow people to run down the uh, around the end i mean they've done this uh, time in and time out since he's come to the packers i, I know my positivity went right down the, the tube right. there but no, okay. uh, i think that um he doesn't know how to coach these young guys he doesn't know how to instill discipline in these guys he doesn't know how to keep them in their lane and part of it's the the players um they got a lot of good guys on that team there's absolutely no reason i think any other coach should take over that defense and do a really really good job they got beat up they can't stop the run and they haven't done it in joe barry's regime so i'm just gonna sit back and and uh listen to what you have to say listen to some more of your comments um and uh, enjoy the rest of your show really really appreciate it
0: no appreciate it thanks for giving us a buzz Bruce um, uh, the, what you talked about in Joe Barry and coaching these guys up I think Peter Bukowski had a terrific point when he said at times it looks like this defense comes to play against the likes of a, a Patrick Mahomes and company and then they get a Desmond Ritter and you're kind of like ah we should be able to beat this guy and then they get overly aggressive and you know, much like last week, they beat the hell out of Justin Fields. They got after him. They brought him down. There were times he had run lanes, and they didn't necessarily get to him, but uh, it didn't. It wasn't a detriment to the game. And all of a sudden, Bijan Robinson and Ritter are off to the races and tearing the Green Bay Packers up. And and the Packers can't stop the run. And the aggressiveness uh, cost them. And and just some of the play that we witnessed last week that we were kind of praising uh, this week kind of came back to bite them. So. There's, there's uh, again, you know my feelings regarding the defense and the defensive coordinator. But the more you kind of get into this, it's, you know, if players in a position to make plays, that's all the coaches can do. I don't like pulling guys and big bodies off the field when you can't stop the run. I'm not a fan of that. Philosophically speaking, it, to me, it just doesn't work. It's, you know, it's like, you know, you go into a gunfight and they've got a you know a howitzer, and you're walking in there with a 22, hoping to do the best, you know. And it's just, and then you're oh, by the way, well we're going to go down to a squirt gun. You're not going to win that fight. So why are you lessening your arsenal? Uh, that I don't understand. But when you do have guys like Jair, like Quay, like Rasul, like Rashawn Gary, when these guys are in position to make plays and they don't make the plays, that's on them. That's not on the D coordinator. Uh, but you know, like we've discussed, and pretty much at nauseum at this point is there was enough mistakes in this game via coaching and execution that you could say had any one of these things gone in the Packers' direction and been executed properly, that it's a different outcome of a ballgame. Quay Walker comes down with the interception. Uh, Jair comes down with the interception. We He had three or four touches on the football. Had any one of those come down with an interception, it's a different story. You don't take the delay of game penalty. You call a timeout. You kick the field goal. You win the game, even though it was early on in the ball game. I agree with the caller. You know, we were talking about it before. Why would you not kick that field goal? And we thought, well, maybe you don't want to take away the guy's confidence. But I, but again, it's not a game winner. It's it's early on. You know, you, you why would you not kick a fifty-six yarder indoors? It it doesn't make sense when you bring in a guy that's got a big leg, who booted one from fifty-two last week with no problem. So. You know, there's there's a lot of things to question, and to me, you know, when you when you look at this ballgame, they were this close to winning it, and they didn't do things right, they didn't stay disciplined, they didn't execute, and the coaching staff let them down. In a lot of different areas, all of this, as we've talked about, you know, as much as you want to get pissed at Joe Barry, you know, everybody does, collectively, there was enough mistakes on everybody's part to say this was more so a team loss than a team win bill we it's knew possessions
1: to sorry to cut you off we knew possessions no, okay. were gonna be at a premium in this game we talked about it last week the point total was like 40 and the packers got to run what less than a dozen plays in the second half so that yep. opportunity that they had to get that field goal beat a 56 yarder in the first quarter That proved to be huge, and we should have known that because that's the type of game this was going to be. At the very least, Matt LaFleur, you got to take a timeout because you know that the way the Falcons run the ball and the way your defensive coordinator is maybe not the best, you knew that those three points were going to be massive. So at the very least, like Eric Branchek said, you got to take the timeout, and he didn't even do that. So it was like two mistakes
0: in one. Yeah, yeah. When you talk about the the, the time of possession being 36-15 to 23-45 and your last three possessions were 10 plays and netted you a total of seven yards. That's not getting it done. So as much as you want to blame the defense, it's also you can look at the offense and go, yeah, that 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 didn't work either. We're going to step out, take a quick break, come back. Don't forget, coming up in the next hour, we got Mike Clemens live in Atlanta still hanging around down there. We'll get his perspective and some of the insight from the locker room coming up here in just a little bit regarding all of this. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
5: What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping?
2: I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, made sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, You had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do.
5: Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit colorwi.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today.
3: $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9 30 2023.
0: Welcome back. Good to have you. Oh, my goodness. We got a lot of stuff to get to. A lot of stuff to get to in regards to uh, emails and such flowing all over the place. Uh, Got them everywhere. So uh, real quick, I want to get to a couple, and then I'll get back to the phones. Uh, Zach says, uh, this is Kevin who says, look like a blast up in Tomahawk. Uh, I was at the Badger game on Saturday. I left pissed off even with a win. I know that they don't have their personnel that they want yet, but I feel like the coaching, terrible. Defense giving up almost 300 yards total offense in the first half, and uh, they were tied. And they had four interceptions in the first half and only showing seven points for it. My opinion, uh, the only way uh, an air raid offense, uh, or my opinion, the only way a Air raid offensive, you need to run the ball as well. Why wait till the second half? So frustrating watching the Packers uh, game as well. Brewers, I agree that the division is theirs. I do have to laugh at the beginning of the season. We were making fun of the division, and up until yesterday, uh, if the season ended, the Central would have had three teams in the playoffs and not going to say so much about the Packers because uh, you guys have covered a lot today. That's our buddy, Zach. Uh, Darren says... On the uh, short third down play where A.J. Dillon came up short, I thought the Packers should have reviewed it. Did you see it? I have not gone back and looked at it yet, to be honest with you, but uh, at the time, I thought he was stopped. Uh, Hey, Bill, if you're going to point out the offense going three and out in the fourth quarter, why not point out the defense not forcing any three and outs? Also, it seems to me, Rashawn Gary always falls for the fake and gets caught inside way too often. That's John listening to us in Howard, Wisconsin. So thanks for uh, chiming in there. Uh, T-Dub says that the game reminds me of the playoff loss of the Seahawks under less critical circumstances. That was the beginning of the end for Mike McCarthy. Could the uh, could RBIs uh, be the same for Matt LaFleur, T-Dub and Tulsa? Um, only if it continues to go this way. You know what I mean? Only if it continues to go this way. Uh, this one's from bear says on the decision to punt instead of kick the field goal, maybe Matt LaFleur doesn't trust the defense enough to make a stop because the Falcons would have started at their own 39 yard line. If the field goal was not good, that's the only thing I can think of is why not to kick it there. And it didn't matter anyway, because the punt was a touchback. That's the other thing, which I haven't even talked about yet, but you decided to punt the football and instead you, you punted it into the damn end zone. Ugh on uh, Joe Barry Matt LaFleur held on to the special teams coach way too long before hiring Rich Pisacchi. I'm not confident that he makes the change of D coordinator this year. This is now Matt LaFleur's team and all the stuff covered uh, up by Rodgers and winning games is coming to the surface and there's nowhere to hide. Thanks. That's from Bear. Bear appreciate the uh, appreciate the email. 8778671670. Let's go to uh let's go to Derek listening to us in Albany. Derek, how you doing today, man? What's up?
1: Hey, Bill. I think, you know, I've been watching Packer football since the middle 60s, and a lot of your audience are are older guys that have a lot of perspective. But I think we're losing a little perspective here because you'd agree. I mean, your business and what we do and how we look at the news and how we are as Packer fans and sports fans, particularly in football, Bill, because you only have a 17-week season, every game is so analyzed and scrutinized in the minutiae of it all that we have a tendency. We all do. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. We're all guilty of overreacting to some degree. And you have to remember, this team is evolving. This is a young team that I think will get better. After my call, if you take a look at their games coming up, Bill, I think we go 4-2 and two in the next six games. But here's what I want to say about this game. Remember these things. Aaron Jones did not play our best running back. We didn't right. have our best offensive lineman. We didn't have our second-best offensive lineman who went out of the game. We didn't have, theoretically, our best wide receiver. Okay? And we dropped two sure interceptions. If we make one of those plays, either Jair Alexander or Quay Walker, particularly the Alexander play, because he might have been gone, okay, we would be in a position where the, the Falcons would have to pass and we wouldn't right. be talking about Joe Barry so much. I don't think we would. I think that that they would have been in trouble if they were forced to pass. But and the other the last thing, that running back on the Falcons, that guy's deadly. He's got to be in the top three. You know. No, I agree. Derek, back. I, I got to run. You we're at the that... top
0: of the hour. I, I, Derek, I appreciate okay. the phone call. A lot of good points there. We'll get to it after the top of the hour. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this.